Michael, are you further back from your mic than normal? No, I'm oh, there. You're louder. Episode 149 of We Were Gamers. Do we know how microphones work? We'll see as this podcast continues. <laughs> Stay tuned for the riveting conclusion of do we know how to do what we've done or going to do. I'm not very clear. Been drinking lots of beer. I can't rhyme clear in beer. I'll say that uh, I'm pretty jealous this week of both you and Michael who live uh, in an area in proximity to a fun beer place that does a thing. <laughs> <laughs> we can shout them out. Yeah, I think it's okay. I, we don't give people no shout outs without sponsorship. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh man, uh, the week of Logic is currently going on, which is a week long beer festival for my favorite brewery in the county and one of top by Michael's top, maybe probably top two. There you go. And uh, that means we're gonna do this podcast a little tipsy. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, y'all are. I had a glass of wine with dinner and that's it, but. Okay. We're still in there. <laughs> we in here. <laughs> we in here. Oh, there were some great beers tonight. There's going to be great beers all week. I think so far of the two days we've done, um, man, there have been a lot of stouts. Yeah. But uh, I think yesterday's, what was that one? What was the special one yesterday, Michael? can't remember the horchata yes yeah i think that their horchata might be better than the brewery's horchata it was really good if y'all had the stone one there's a stone horchata one that's my only experience with a horchata do you like it i like horchata okay (laughs) (laughs) this was a stout so like it's on the spectrum of beers i don't generally like but it Mm -hmm. wasn't awful i tried a oh you know that new uh berliner version of of pineapple or passion orange guava. Okay. They have, yeah. they have, they have, you know, passion orange guava is like a Hawaiian drink or whatever. Right. Uh, they do, they used to do one of those here that was just a normal, was a Pilsner, Michael, I think. Uh, now they're doing uh, it with it a, a Berliner. Or... Yeah. Yeah. And the Berliner one is kind of like a little bit tart. So it's like real it tastes just like juice. It's really not safe. Fun. Really good, though. Yeah, just completely unsafe. <laughs> Hides 8% alcohol really well. Oh, okay, that's enough about beer. Well, yeah. I can tell you, what. while you guys were off drinking beer tonight, uh-huh. I was shooting people in the face so you've continued. in Apex Legends. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will say that uh, my team got second place one time <gasps> through no help of my own. Okay. Um, I was slain early. So then you just uh, watched... Uh, well, I mean, at some point, you know, you can resurrect people in that game and like, uh, you know, respawn them and stuff. But at some point when you die too far outside the ring, your team running back to resurrect you and then bring you forward is more work than it's worth for the team. Uh, and that's what happened to me. Uh, so I rode along, but we got second at all that. So, hey, or I mean, the other two people did. I killed one person before I died. So that was something. One for one. Nice. Yeah. Um. But seeking quickly, directly into the news, since we're already talking about Apex, 
uh, they released that battle pass uh, finally. Did you yeah. purchase said battle pass? I did. Uh, I figured, you know, I played a lot of this game already. Uh, I should, I could kick them 10 bucks. Okay. Uh, and so I did. Um, hmm. <laughs> Don't know if it's worth it. Hmm. Um, but, uh, in theory, the battle pass lasts, well, uh, not in theory, the battle pass lasts like 90 days or something. Wow. That's the, a long battle the end, pass. the okay. end of their season. Uh, and, you know, it's active through that whole time. You're gaining various rewards and stuff. But, uh, if you get to the maximum level of the battle pass by the end of the, that time, you will earn back all of the premium currency that you spent on it. So really, yes, they're expecting you to spend that premium currency, not realizing that you could buy the next battle pass with it. Or they're expecting you to then just constantly purchase the battle passes over and over. Mm hmm. Uh, and then never, you know, and then when you have a little bit of the extra currency lying around, be like, oh, well, I could just buy one of these loot boxes mm -hmm. and then you'll be 50 coins short or whatever. Right. Um, so I don't know. I felt it was worth it. I played a lot of that game. I could give them 10 bucks. Um, I played enough, you know, a little bit every other night or so. And I want to believe that maybe that will be enough for me to hit the <laughs> level, but I guess we'll see. Um, you know, the stuff you're getting for it isn't that exciting. It's like, oh, hey, here's a skin for this gun or a kill tracker or whatever. It's not really that exciting, honestly. <laughs> it didn't include the new character either, either did it? No, it did not. Um, but you do earn credits towards those uh, characters by leveling up. What does that mean? Uh, credits towards the characters? So, like, there's multiple kinds of currencies, you know, because a free-to-play game has to have, like, five different currencies to confuse everyone. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and there is one currency that you earn every time you level up that allows you to unlock new characters. And okay. you earn. And yeah. as you're leveling up the battle pass, you are still earning that currency. So. So in six years, you can buy one of the three? Uh, it doesn't take that long. I unlocked the first one by the time I was like account level 20 something. So by the time I hit account level 40 or 50 or whatever, I should have enough for another one. Oh, wow. And the battle pass ones should only add on top of that, I think. So it's relatively generous, I guess. I have not been uh, as adventurous in my gaming, Michael. <laughs> well, because I'm in the middle of two different games already, I decided to launch something new over the weekend. Of course you did. That's um, the only way to play games. Yeah, right? You'd never play um, them if you didn't do that. Yeah. So I had picked up two during the Steam Lunar New Year sale. And I told you guys about the first one, Edge of Eternity, which is still in alpha. Um, but I decided to launch the other game that I got, which is Iconoclasts, mm. which is um, one of my favorite styles, another Metroidvania. But this okay. one takes place on a, uh, well, like many of them, takes place on a, a different planet. Uh, and you play as a mechanic which is a highly regulated profession, but you practice in secret outside of government regulation. Ooh, you're like a witch. Basically, except with technology instead of magic. Technology witch. Yeah. I've seen this before. <laughs> um, Are you on Mars? Yeah, so you, have, you have the ability to manipulate uh, machines with uh, the wrench that you have inherited from your father who was killed. Um, and you are, 
out to you know topple the the corrupt structure is there a deus ex machina somewhere in this i don't know yet Uh uh-huh are wrenches lost technology Maybe it's the fabled like I wouldn't say they're spanner. lost, but I would say that it well it's it is illegal to have one. You can't own a oh, wrench. Man. No. Truly the darkest future wrenches <laughs> are outlawed. Oh man. What what will I do with my socket like, set in the like, future? They're like futuristic space wrenches. Oh, okay, okay. You got to regulate space wrenches. They're too crazy. Yeah. It's like the doctor's sonic screwdriver. Yeah. It's not right. just a screwdriver. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I I would really love to know the limits of his sonic screwdriver. I'm sure you could Google it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I don't uh, want. I don't need that uh, rabbit hole. <laughs> is it a Time Lord or someone could tell you? Is that how that works? I don't watch that show. Jokes. <laughs> <laughs> that was it so far. Kind of class. It's good. It's good. I like it. There's, um, it's not super difficult. So there are three difficulty settings on it. Um, there's easy, normal, and hard. Um, and you can actually change the difficulty every time you launch it. Like every time you load back into your game, you can reset the difficulty if you want to. Um, and normal is, is a pretty casual play style. Um, the, you know, the damage count is pretty forgiving. Um, so it's been, fun to play through um you know i could i could turn it up if i wanted it to be really more challenging but it's uh the the you know all the dialogue in the game is pretty lighthearted, um so it's fun to just sort of have something to do that's not super taxing mm-hmm. cool i like yeah. that stuff so it's, i've played about three hours of it maybe it's that one step above uh mind-numbing where you're, you're not playing solitaire but like at the same time you're not going to uh sit have, yeah, have to not, plot like out not, six turns of battle it's techniques. not match three right but uh yeah there's story and fun mechanics well we're gonna be i think i think we have to break down here into what i would call maybe like our our base camps maybe to do this piece of news because this three pronged news thing here that we got to tackle. JJ, you're a pretty big Google guy. I use uh, one of their phones. Michael, you like the Nintendo. Long time user. Uh, I've been known to own an Apple product or three, and they all have something in common this week. <laughs> all three of these companies have decided they're going to do something new in games or with their games. Kind of? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Nintendo's maybe doesn't break the box as much as these other two are trying to do. But they did attempt with the Switch to break the box, right? Like, you don't have to be attached to the TV if you don't want to. And then, what did they, what are they saying now, Michael? Well, now they're even less so? Well, they've decided to uh, implement skill trees. What? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so you can uh, you can branch your switch off in one of two directions. Can um, I branch but, the switch that I currently own? Uh, probably not. That's oh. going to be a hard no, dog. <laughs> <laughs> You've already started the game, Andy. You can't. Uh, yeah, you no can't re- re-roll. You can't reroll. No respect. Not allowed. What, what is pay, this? Just like World of Warcraft in the beginning, you got to pay a bunch of money to be able to reroll your spec. <laughs> two thousand four, no free respec. 
Same here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, uh, I so think wh- we discussed this briefly earlier when we heard it just as a, as a, uh, a rumor. Yeah. The wall street um, journal now it, picked it up. Yeah. Uh, and I think they were the ones who report, who reported it the first time actually. And they, um, they're they, good track record on the switch stuff. Yeah, they they took a second bite at the apple here and are reporting that not only is Nintendo planning on releasing a new Switch, uh, it is sounding like they will be releasing two new Switches. Um, And both of them might be this year. I really gotta wonder. (laughs) And I guess they sort of say, like, speculatively, maybe one of these Switches is, like, slightly more powerful. And another one is slightly less powerful, but maybe not as TV capable. And also not as expensive. Potentially. I I gotta wonder, it feels like the Switch itself already is straddling that line pretty hard. And if you try to lean one way or the other way, do you kind of just lose the... the stuff? Yeah. <laughs> that makes it fun? Yeah. Yeah. So... Definitely on the low power end, right? Like, do you want a handheld switch that doesn't have rumble because they took it out to save money? Do you want a handheld switch that doesn't have the dock because they took it out to save? Like, I'm not sure there's a market for, I I guess the 2DS is doing quite well. And maybe that's why they're thinking that this is the, the wave of the future. Yeah, I guess like, you know, I barely use the rumble currently, right? So it's like, all right, if that, left i would not be sad <laughs> but you know it does add stuff it is fun sometimes when they have it you know during a cutscene or as part of the gameplay or whatever sure so like, yeah. if it was completely absent i'm you wouldn't notice maybe but then maybe sometimes every now and then you would i don't know that I... seems less bad than the like actually you can't plug it into a tv anymore thing which is like way worse yeah or is it I just a repackaged think. version of the current one with no rumble and you have to buy the dock separately? I don't think they would totally go away from the ability to dock it. Um even but, if you do even if you do have to get it separately, I think they would still leave that capability in there. Um because that's that was that's one of the big selling points of the Switch, right? Is that you can play it on a screen a big screen or take it mobile. I think that's fine if they leave the hardware in it, but then just don't include a dock. I don't even know how much the docks sell for. They're not that cheap, right? Like 50 bucks or something, maybe? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. I know that they do sell them separately, um, but I don't know what the what the rate is. And so, like, maybe that's a way to do it. You, It's just the normal Switch, but you don't have a dock, so they get to charge you 40 less dollars or whatever. Yeah. And I still think that if they're, you know, if they're going to go that route, if they're going to make a souped up one to compete with some of the other consoles and a cheaper one to potentially replace the 3DS, that the way to go would be to, to when they're taking out some of those features, incorporate a slot for your 3DS game cards. Oh, wow. No way. Not going to happen. That would be rad. But yeah, no, no chance they ever do that. That's a great idea, but what would you do with the second screen stuff? Would you put them side by side, above each other, but tiny? Or what just, a- like, hold it vertically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Sure. I mean, that's a great idea for um, maybe a few years further into the cycle of like, well, you know, we're kind of running out of sales of these things on both of them. They've come with with a different thing. But you got to remember, like, we're only two years into this thing and all the accessories. Like, a lot of people were saying, oh, maybe it'll be smaller. Maybe it'll be different controllers. Maybe it'll be uh, you can't break off the the side piece, you know, the um, the Joy-Cons or whatever. But Sure. But all these companies have made the um the accessories and stuff they're all going to have to fit still you know you don't want to go broke doing another two new lines of accessories two years into a cycle oh, i don't know that nintendo is going to care about that though well they um, they've invested in that stuff too sure but like they have the the forewarning right it's the other companies that get blindsided by it, the people that sell the third party stuff sure mm-hmm. um I don't know. It's just, it just seems so weird. It's like it's only been two years. Why do we need a new one? They just—it's like it's brand new, right? Yeah. Why are we? Why are we rushing to do new hardware? They're worried about the next generation of the other things, and then losing out on sales to PS5s and Xboxes and all that. And my concern is, oh, well, we put out a more powerful one, more powerful than current one. That's great, but it's not going to be more powerful than a PS5. So still, you're not going to grab that market and the more you fragment the development process of like, right. uh, Ooh, we got to make sure that there's double texture assets because then the higher powered one can grab these assets, but the lower powered one can grab those or it can run a higher, you know, like it's going to do the same thing that happened with the, what was it? The new 3ds or whatever. The one that was like the up spec 3ds. There's like six games total ever that came out that took advantage of the higher power and the rest exactly. were just, yeah, regular 3ds games thing. that mm-hmm. happen to run slightly better mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i mean great whatever i don't know i have this one i'm not gonna buy another one <laughs> yeah it's an odd piece of news especially in the face of um maybe some more future leaning ideas that came out from google yeah so google announced this thing and i man i am very torn on this announcement i have to say it is they called it Google Stadia. It is a game streaming service. Uh, they announced it at Game Developers Conference, the GDC that's happening. I don't know wherever that is. Northern California uh, somewhere in San yes. Francisco, I think. Uh, and it, it was primarily like a developer-focused talk, so they sort of talked about what this platform can do. It is and the it's Game a, Developers Conference. Correct. Uh, and it is a platform for running games in Google's cloud infrastructure and then streaming them to a home device as a video stream. Then you play with your controller either at your PC or uh, on a phone or your TV or whatever screen you happen to have. Uh, That's their pitch anyway. Uh, And then that all, uh, those inputs on your controllers feed back through a Chromecast or Wi-Fi or whatever uh, to Google's cloud infrastructure that then talks to the server that is actually running the game and rendering a video out to your your Chrome browser. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's it's a pretty different way of playing games, right? There's no download ever. You just click play and it starts the game. You play some sort of service 
So that all the pricing stuff is completely not disclosed. They haven't talked about it at all. People have asked them and they say, we're going to talk about it in the summer. So that's going to be the real question here. How do you get access to these games? I think the real, real question is, what's the lag? Yes. So they have asked people those questions uh, and they've talked about it a little bit. Uh, People have taken demos uh, at this GDC conference and said that it seemed to be okay. But of course, you know, demos, who knows how it would be like in real world, right? Uh, They also ran a a beta called Project Stream uh, a few months ago. I feel like we may have talked about it where you can stream Assassin's Creed. One of the new ones is Odyssey or uh, the one before that. Hmm. The other ancient Egypt one. to a Chrome browser like this, uh, and people didn't report horrible input lag. It required a internet connection of like 25 to 30 megabits. So it's not nothing. Uh, it's like a sizable amount of internet to be required there, right? So there's a some sections of the United States, at least, that aren't going to be able to reach that cap. And then you have the other issue of every second you're playing, it's taking this amount of data down what if your isp has data caps which is totally a thing in some parts of this country it's actually a thing in almost everybody has data caps i think the fiber companies maybe that's their advertising oh we don't have we don't have caps because our service is direct to your house or whatever so it doesn't matter but all the other ones do and even though i don't think they're enforced really and they're also very high right it's like terabytes and terabytes of data which you should never really be hitting through general internet use currently go, go back to the early days of this podcast you can hear our wonderful opinions on data caps and why they're completely arbitrary exactly and so you know if all of a sudden you go from okay well i have to download this game and it's going to be me using the full bandwidth of my connection for five hours or whatever to download it to every second I'm playing this 40-hour game, I'm <laughs> taking down 25 megabits or 30 megabits or whatever it is. Uh, that's a big change. Yeah. So that's worrying. Um, however, the technology and stuff that they showcase sounds very cool. Uh, the videos, they say, will run in 1080p or 4K, uh, 60 frames per second across the board. They say the latency is not a problem, but of course they would say that. And it, they, because all the rendering is done in Google's infrastructure, you don't even need to have a good PC to play it. You can play this on a Chromebook and it will run at 4K with 60 FPS. You know, a little netbook with no graphics card whatsoever or on your phone potentially. Uh, and that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it feels like, it just feels like a lot to promise. Right? <laughs> uh, people are too young to remember this. <laughs> but a whopping back in my day but a whopping four <laughs> years today. all the way up to four years ago there was a company that promised all these things so google has repackaged an old idea i don't know if anyone remembers the company on live oh yeah yeah but on live i don't think even promised even this level of stuff <laughs> it was way lower level of stuff right and, and they, they even deliver that they were unable to deliver that with millions of dollars of financing um and sony computers bought sony entertainment bought them and has done nothing with any of that because 
I believe that service that Sony runs now is called PlayStation Now, and they bundled that on live stuff with another company they bought that did streaming stuff called Gaikai. Yeah. And now that PlayStation Now thing is a thing that people use, but it's it's not lighting the world on fire. Very limited in scope. Yeah. Uh, I just... However, I mean, you know, if there's a company with internet infrastructure to do stuff, it's Google. There's well, literally no other companies. What happened to Google's internet infrastructure project? Uh, you know? They didn't want to do, like, ground-level internet infrastructure. <laughs> they more meant, like, internet backbone infrastructure. Yeah, it turns out when they were like, oh, we'll do fiber for people, and then, oh, wait, this is really insanely expensive, they stopped. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know... It's great to promise all these things, but I have a lot of skepticism considering there was a company out there that did exactly this stuff and it did not go well. Yeah. I think uh, bandwidth is up a bit since that time, so that's at least something. But yeah, it's it's worrying. And then you get to the concepts of uh, there's a bunch of YouTube integration, because of course there would be, right? It's Google. They own YouTube too. Right. Uh, yeah. A bunch of integration with stuff because the the game state and all this is stored in this uh, server. You can click links and stuff that will take you to the exact save moment of another person's game. And you can pick it up right where they left off. Or if it's a multiplayer game, potentially jump into the same game with them. Uh, All this sort of like, you know, no host needed multiplayer stuff. Very interesting potentially uh, for developing new games. But like, Again, there's no, you know, they showed tech demos of this stuff. There isn't a game here yet. Right. Uh, they did announce that they have a development studio now uh, in-house that is developing games specifically for this thing. However, they also said, like, yeah, if games release both here and in other places, we're fine with that. So, I don't know. <laughs> and then, you know, if you don't ever download the game, there's this whole concept of ownership. Do you even own that game? No. Just like how, at least when you own a license for a game in Steam or Origin or, you know, these online PC clients or even on your, you know, PS4 or Xbox uh, or Switch even, you know, there's a storefront. There are ways to say, hey, I I own the license to this game. I can re-download it from them as long as they're available. When everything streams from their stuff, what if... Can I download backups? Can I play the old version? No, it's... Are they, are they just a blockbuster? It's the right. concept of, of trying to create the next Netflix, right? Like, everyone wants to be... How do we license only and only have to deliver product through the internet for, you know, limited cost? And limited cost means not eternal licensing of something. Well, we don't know because they haven't announced any of it. Sure. Like, maybe you will always... Be- be able to play old versions or whatever. They just spin up a new VM for you and attach that old build to the thing and it'll crash on you. But Hey, that's your choice to play it or whatever. Who knows? Uh, Or maybe like you say, they just have their rotating catalog of here's what's available today on Google stadia. And Oh, sorry. That game you liked isn't here anymore, but you know, you're only paying $10 a month. So it's fine. Until we come cool. to a new licensing agreement with Ubisoft, Assassin's Creed is back down for the next six weeks or whatever. Right. Is what I expect more than the Steam version of like, well, uh, it fell off the service after six years because of licensing, but you still have it so you can download it. You know, I think the 
it, it could go either way, right? You could see it possible that they would be able to do those sorts of deals whichever <laughs> way. But who knows what they will choose to do because they haven't said. <laughs> I'm not predicting either of those things. I'm predicting a more Google Plus related ending to this. It certainly seemed like they put uh, more people in this than they did with Google Plus. The CEO of Google walked out, which is certainly a lot more than Google Plus ever got. <laughs> <laughs> So at least some of it was enough to wake the CEO up out of his, you know, whatever stuff he's doing. These Medically days. induced. Uh, what is it? Money, Medi- money coma or money, whatever. I'm sure. No, the uh, like uh, like a deep freeze, you know. <laughs> yeah. Spinded animation. Yeah. 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 And, and walk him out and have him talk about gaming. So they're mm-hmm. at least trying. Uh, but again, as you said, Google Plus and uh, Inbox, my favorite email app. and. 10 million other things have been killed by Google recently, uh, so who knows? RSS. Their yeah, RSS reader. reader. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, obviously those aren't money makers like everyone thinks games are, but it's weird to see. We're going to break this whole system, create a Netflix idea, roughly, and in the middle of a, a studio contraction time. It's a great time well, to get talent for them. Yeah, true. Uh and I just want to be clear, they never said Netflix-like thing. Everyone I, assumes that because yeah. that's the obvious move. Yeah. But they haven't said it. So I, everyone seems to just assume that will be it because it's the thing. But, like, I don't – no one knows. Could be totally different. Or it could – everyone could be exactly right because it's the thing that makes sense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, on the heels of that – not to be outdone, but breaking to be, news to be completely out <laughs> outdone. Apple after GDC, I think. Yeah, it was their own thing at their own event. Uh, rolled out a whole bunch of new ideas for services, including a news service, two new services for their TV client, and hey, y- hey, y'all want to pay a monthly fee for magazines? You know, yeah. it also might include more than that, and in overall, it may be a good deal. I don't know. Okay. Um, I just the headline I saw was like pay a bunch of money and get access to magazines and it's like mm, no. I think there were newspapers in there as well. Alright, that's that's better. And supporting news is maybe a good idea. I, that's the part I'm on board with. It was the like value proposition that didn't make sense to me. I but agree. okay. I agree. I didn't research the uh news for this podcast. I just knew yeah. that they were doing a news service and two new T V related things. That was the easiest one to take a cheap shot at because sure. it didn't make any sense I mean, to me. The, as these companies get gigantic and take less risks, it's pretty easy to take a shot at everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, hmm, the lowest risk thing that requires no development. Okay. You know, this TV idea, right, has just been years of licensing um, talks, right? right? Almost, not almost no coding, but... Um, the coding could have been done faster than the years it took to get, get agreements with all these companies. <laughs> and so this very much is a Netflix competitor though, right? Uh, so yeah, it looks like the, the TV apps might be is what, if that way you're asking. Oh yeah. Sorry. They, they announced a video streaming service yeah, and, and also content creation for that video streaming service. They are, they had created their own content for their own service which notably unlike uh roku's service does not include netflix as part of your subscription um but it does include like an overall subscription and also pay as you go channel choices on top i think 
so you can like add HBO and all this other stuff. So I'm not really sure what the value add is there. I guess access to their stuff is the value add. Right. But I'm sure they've seen it that way. We're not here to debate that as much as we are here to talk about Apple Arcade. Good name. Not a not yeah. a bad name. I like that name, actually. Um, And I also like that it's not a Google competitor. Having come so close in announcement, I saw it and I thought, uh-oh. They both had the same idea and uh, there are more people with Android devices than Apple devices. <laughs> We're in trouble. So, you know, I think that no one is going to try and argue that Apple's cloud service is a competitor to Google's cloud service. Correct. Right? Yeah. Uh, Google's is a billion times bigger and, you know, in the business side of things, like also a billion times bigger, although they may even lose to Amazon these days. I don't know. But regardless, Google is everywhere in a way in that space, in a way that Apple is not. So I think this makes sense. Yeah. Good sense on Apple's part. Yeah. So Apple's idea instead was, hey, everything we have is going to run on iOS everywhere. Um. But it looks like they they run natively and downloaded. He's looking at these game lists. They are not uh, Quake Engine games. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Not streamed. No, they are not streamed. They are not cloud processed. They are downloaded across the thing. So it seems like they are kind of trying to streamline their game process instead of it being like a free for all on their app store. Um, so maybe they're trying to highlight some quality. You know, bring the level of mobile game up a bit out of the maybe slightly dirty word category it has come to mean among yeah. some people. And I think along the lines of trying to reinvest time into their TV architecture, right? They have that little box and they still haven't done the thing that 10 years ago people were like, oh, they're going to make their own integrated television. You won't need a separate box. You'll... They still haven't done that, right? Um yep. But they have done is put these little boxes, iOS devices, pretty much everywhere with everybody. And so now you'll have, instead of going to the app store all the friggin' time to find the new hotness, you're going to get 100 games plus exclusive. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. They're going to have exclusive games um, from separate developers. I don't think that they are bringing in their own development team, although they have had game development in-house before. I don't think they have it anymore. Um, Who's excited to have another launcher? <laughs> it doesn't sound like it would be... I mean, I guess it would be on your... You have computer. a Mac, right? Yeah, let me double-check that. It sounds like it available for iPhone, iPad, Mac, and Apple TV. Yeah, so it'll run on Mac as well. So I guess... Uh, so now you have your yeah. Steam Mac app. You have your... Epic Store Mac app, your Origin Mac app, your right. Apple Arcade, your Battle.net, Battle yeah. Battle.net, yeah, wow, wonderful. But here's the cool thing that I think, you get the games, right, and you don't have to worry about whether you got the free version with ads or the version with DLC or blah, 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 whatever the game is that gets put into the thing is the full thing. Um, it is a subscription also. But they've already launching with hundreds of games and exclusive games, and you can play offline. They've already said that up front because they're That's good. They're downloaded to your device. Yep. Yeah, um, they've highlighted Annapurna, Cartoon Network, uh, Sega, Konami, 
and a couple others as people that are working on new development for their arcade service. So, um, it's a much less ambitious approach, I think, than Google's. Well, you can, you know, in theory, with Google's service, you could create things that could only run on server level architecture with, you know, four graphical 1080s or whatever you, you know what i mean yeah. like it's like you massive could literally processing make a game that no person with a computer that costs less than ten thousand dollars right could run mm-hmm. instead apple saying well let's just take our devices and take this amount of you know uh, there's got to be hundreds of thousands of games that have come out through the app store since the iphone has launched right sure. half of them probably don't work anymore but overall they're it's almost impossible to keep up. You got to kind of find the lists at the end of the year and be like, Oh, what are the five games I want to pay for next year? You know, Oh, Gora Goa seems like a cool game. And uh, it might eventually make it to steam, but it was developed for mobile. So I'll play it there. Um, Monument Valley two, Monument Valley two. Yeah. Right. All those are going to be in this app and a lot easier for people that have these devices to find. I think of the three announcements, this is the one that is maybe the most muted, but also, one of the coolest, I think. It seemed the realest. Like yeah. The most it, one that's like, they could launch this tomorrow and it would be good and fine. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, other two seemed a bit, well, the Nintendo one is just kind of rumor stuff, but like <laughs> the Google one seems kind of like pie in the sky e. Well, pie in the sky-ish. It, it feels like Google's diving off the high dive while Apple's wading into the shallow end. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. So that would be the, I think, the three biggest announcements in gaming this. Well, Nintendo's is not an announcement, but three three kind of most earth-shattering revelations from this past yeah. week of gaming. Although we left off Nintendo VR for three weeks in a row now, you guys. Nintendo has VR, Andrew? Do you want to get a cardboard box, stuff your Switch in it, and strap it to your head? <laughs> All my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to answer that with no. <laughs> nope. Uh, apparently, we've made a sale. Just uh, hold on, Michael, while I Sharpie Labo on the side of this and send it to your house. Uh, can we link that video, please? D- do y'all see this video? It is very weird. I don't think so. No, you oh should. My God. Okay, well, Hold on. you know what I do see? I see that they made this as a Labo kit, and that is the extent of their commitment to it, and probably the extent of everyone else's commitment to it. Thankfully, right? They didn't put a whole bunch of money into molding plastic straps for your head, and it just, yeah, people might be interested in this, so we'll make a Labo kit. And it, you, it you talk about. Kind of- wading in apple waded in this is like like a like a kid's you know those little inflatable plastic (laughs) pools for your front yard that's that's nintendo's vr attachment it just sort of felt like another hey look at this fun thing you can do with labo right where this video shows the kid Basically sticking his face into the butt of a duck. More bite-sized games and experience it. Because as like VR, sixty-four games. Yeah, like like the three-minute mark. Rock out. Even control gravity, all in VR. 
What? <laughs> what is he doing? You're looking into the, the butt of a bird to VR. Is there a bird? Okay, whatever. Okay, sorry. I had to say that trailer is crazy. <laughs> this reminds me of uh, Google Cardboard. And pretty soon, you'll rule yes. the sky. You know, like a yeah. more Nintendified version of the same exact thing. Ready to try out faster flight? Then soar. And I mean, it is literally cardboard, also. So you're right there. Bird dash. Press the Toy-Con wind pedal with your foot for a serious boost of wow. speed. No thanks. Okay, I can click off of this. This one. Oh, yeah. and there's a pedal. There's an elephant. Yeah, there's an elephant one too. This is insane. Use its trunk to paint the 3D pictures that hang in thin air. <laughs> You can yeah, even grab your creations and move no. them around. There's an eraser. Very strange. Shape anyway, tools. just that two-second clip of the guy sticking the bird on his face okay. and basically just, like, looking up the butt say, of the duck. I'll Why? Say, <laughs> I'll say it looks are like, bad. Yeah. I'll say it looks like they put more work into it than I was describing, but that's still not a lot of commitment on a scale yeah, of that, the way the VR is going. Right. I don't think Andy or I have had enough beer for this. <laughs> Not yet. Right. So yeah. get back to me at the end of the week. We have a few minutes left, and it's been a little bit of time. You guys want to do a quick component class? I like learning. Teaching? Yeah. I think you're we're teaching. Not on, we're not on spring break <laughs> we're yet. Not, we're not learning that much. <laughs> Last time we did a component class, we talked about uh, CPUs, right? We talked about the brain of your computer, essentially. Yeah, one of the most important parts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like your real brain, you should probably, we talked about uh, treat it gently. You know, when you're attaching it to the motherboard, you got to be gentle with it. You don't like to drop your real brain, you know, much like you shouldn't drop your processor. Yes. Um. Also, like your real brain, you shouldn't let it get too hot. And That's true. If there's one thing that processors like to do when they're thinking, it's... Get quite warm. All of that math that they're doing expends energy, and it's got to go somewhere, and where it goes is into heat. Mm-hmm. If you let them, they will get hot enough, and there's a fail-safe in them, and they just sort of shut off. So if you've ever wondered why your computer just turns off randomly sometimes and you can't figure it out, I recommend you open your case up and blow the inside of it out. I bet there's a lot of dust in there. That might help you out. Mm-hmm. That's a pro tip for everyone listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> From your friends that we were gamers. One of the reasons that dust is in there and collecting on things and making your stuff hot is because there's a cooler on top of your CPU and the dust is clogging it up. Yeah, it's a big. It's typically a big fan, but it could be any number of things. True. Uh, it sits directly on your CPU. And uh, let's work our way outwards. It's connected to the CPU in a way, uh, not directly, right? You don't want things to actually be touching the the chip. It could damage metal on them. Metal is not the greatest conductor. Correct. So instead, let's put a real kind of conductor in there called thermal paste. <laughs> it, it might be the worst part of putting a computer together. Oh, really? It's certainly the easiest to screw up. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. If you've never done it before, you really don't need much of it. And I promise, it seems like when you're putting one of these uh, CPU coolers on top of your CPU that you need to use more than you do. 
And I promise you that like little pea sized bit right in the center is really all you need. That's Mm it. People swear by all sorts of different patterns of how to connect these things and uh, how much thermal paste to use and exactly making a waffle versus a this versus a that. And uh, I think it was Tom's Hardware a couple years ago did a very long and hard amount of testing and they came up with put a little dot in the middle and squish it. (laughs) And then... That's it. And, like, not even a big dot, a small one. Pea-sized dot. Yes. Uh, Use your manufacturer's recommendations. Don't listen exactly to us. Watch a lot of videos if you're going to apply your own thermal paste. But thankfully, many a CPU cooler that you will purchase, you will not need to apply thermal paste to get them connect to your cooler. Because a lot of them realize people find this process to be a hassle. Or stressful. Or worrisome. uh, They include... (laughs) a compound that is pre-screened onto the bottom of the cooler. Mm-hmm. It's gotta do is sort of packed in there in some fashion that they consider to be good, and you just slap it on there and tighten it down. Mm-hmm. You'll stick the pins through the board. The other side of the board, they pop through. Usually, they're spring-attached, so you don't have to, like, screw anything down. Uh, they Again, they want the correct tension. and, uh, and it's, it's usually like a locking things that once you push it through it stays there and then you turn it like a quarter turn to keep mm-hmm. it from popping back out they have these plates that generally come with the coolers because coolers they can't make a different cooler for every single processor so they have these little plates that fit over the top of them to correctly adjust the right to the right tension and and size for the cpu to get the cooler to attach to it because one might be, you know, five millimeters thicker or whatever, and so it has to stand off a little bit more or whatever. And that's, right. uh, yep. and then you get into the fun part. What's actually attached to it? Big fan. <laughs> Generally speaking, it could be directly a big fan. Bunch uh, of fins. Bunch. Yeah. So you you really don't want something that goes from CPU to contact point to fan. That's it's not overall the most effective idea. Those work, and the stock ones are basically that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, when you buy your CPU, you will get a big box, and you'll be like, wait, but my CPU is right here on the top of the box. I can see it through the little plastic thing. What is the rest, the rest of this rest box? Why is the rest of this thing weigh 10 pounds? <laughs> <laughs> it's because your CPU will come with an Intel or AMD manufactured cooler, uh, which is sufficient much as we talk about not wasting money when building a computer, for many people, shall be sufficient. Yes. I can say that I have used those stock coolers on most of my PCs over the years and had very little problems with them except where I caused the problem. <laughs> so they're perfectly fine. If you're not trying to do anything fancy other than use your computer for, you know, you're not trying to do any crazy overclocking or getting the highest, most graphics. Those work perfectly well, and you can save yourself a little bit of money by not buying a different one. However, if you do want more graphics or more whatever, nor number crunching, uh, you, big, you bigger kinda, gigahertz, yeah, <laughs> you can kind of step up if you depend. You got to do a lot of measurement before you buy a CPU cooler that's not the manufacturer one. So yeah, yes, um, we haven't talked about cases yet, but you need to measure, roughly speaking, the case. Because the way that your motherboard will sit is generally along one side, and the CPU cooler will then stick out towards the other side of said case, 
And if you buy one that's too tall, you're kind of fit. <laughs> you're gonna have to cut a hole in the side of your case, and then now what are you even doing? Why is mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a whole lot of problems there? Right, they can um, be huge because, as we mentioned, Michael just mentioned fins. Michael, what is, what would fins be? Yeah, for uh, radiating that extra heat you're generating. Yeah. So these can have massive radiators on them if you want them to. And, and some of uh, them even have fanless systems with these things called heat pipes, which are pretty much what it sounds like. They're just some pipes and they heat, they pipe the heat away to a different part of the case where hopefully there's already a fan uh, and then the they suck the heat out through that fan. Yep. Um, heat exchanger. Yep, as a big heat exchanger. Uh, and those are uh, systems that are available. There's also the dreaded uh, water cooling system. Yeah. Hey now, hey now. <laughs> which There's... actually most of the time doesn't use water, but a type of mineral oil. Correct. Uh, uh, because if you spilled water on your computer, that would be very bad for you. Whereas the mineral oil doesn't really conduct, so it's better. It's less bad. So we've talked about fans, we've talked about radiators and water cooling. A lot of water cooling, you can get into huge discussion because you can water cool uh, your whole thing, right? You can put a tank of of liquid on top of it and it can circulate mm-hmm. through every part of your case that makes heat and you can generally circulate a huge amount of liquid so that not a lot of stuff is heating up. Uh, so those give you about like three different conduction or con- yeah, con conductors for getting your heat out but uh someone along the way said well having this huge tank on top of my computer kind of sucks so they've created hybrid systems too um and that's where we get into what i purchased for my upcoming pc build which is called the captain ex 140 hybrid cooler and i'll send you a link so you guys can see it just or one yeah one twenty ex sorry, and the one twenty just we haven't done fans yet have we? Uh that's a f- size of yeah. fan. Yeah, we haven't done fans yet. The direct connection to your CPU, but then takes the heat away, kind of like a heat pipe with that fluid to a radiator and a fan directly attached to the back of the case to try and move the heat away as fast as possible. Um, okay. which in theory, uh, gives you a much quieter operation. And this is one of the goals I had in building this upcoming build was I, I knew that it was going to be a, a kind of wall art piece that I was trying to dis- to build. And if it was going to be out in the open, I wanted it to be quieter than quiet. <laughs> so hopefully this Captain EX is Nice and quiet. It says it's got ultra silence. There are it websites out there dedicated. At, oh, sorry. Go uh, ahead. Uh, so there are websites out there dedicated to building quiet PCs, and this is one of the popular ones. It definitely looks like it combines a little bit of all the technologies we've talked about here. There's there's a big fan uh, in a couple places. There's radiators. There are well, it's not really a heat pipe. It's more of a fluid pipe. It is definitely a pipe fluid pipe. pipe. Yeah, but uh, um, but the idea you know, behind. The, the radiator does a lot of what, like, the radiator for your car, for instance, is doing. It's the same idea, right? You run the water through this thing. The heat dissipates out. Uh, there's a big fan in front of it uh, that sucks the heat away. Yeah. So this also comes in white. <laughs> to keeping I was, with the I was going to ask. I know you, you picked your color scheme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes in white, and you can change the... It has a very, very tiny LED 
in inside the CPU attachment. So I thought that was kind of a cool thing too. I think those systems are always really cool, but I I always get concerned about the leaks. And I know like a system like this looks like it's basically all closed essentially. Yeah. So which is good because you want it to be as little open as possible <laughs> for chances for leaks to happen and stuff. Um especially for something like this where you're gonna mount it on a wall. My question was long term overall, you know, it's a sealed system and this shouldn't be a problem, but eventually like will some of this fluid escape and evaporate and then I'm gonna need to refill it or I don't know. You know, if the system is truly closed, it should be a very small amount over time. And yeah, maybe, you know, just like how oil in your car eventually needs to be replaced. Yeah. Even though in theory, that's also a closed system. I have yet to check the instructions on that. Maybe they do have some sort of notes like, hey, after four years of operation, you need to change it out with X modeled from us or something. Or maybe they have like a little app or software thing that runs and Mm -hmm. checks the levels and says, hey, man, you're getting low. Top it up. Yeah, so I'll uh, report back if I find out more about that. But I kind of thought it was time to try some new technology beyond just these loud fans. (laughs) See if we could get something that is a little quieter. I don't know. First experiment. I didn't want to go full water cooling. So there you have it. The full water cooling always seems like it's too much work. No (laughs) no one wants to do that much work. If anyone uh, has any experience with water cooling and thinks that we're being overly harsh about how afeared we are of it. <laughs> Where should they send that? Uh, that's podcast at weweregamers.com. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel that everyone should subscribe to. Mm-hmm. Please get out there, hit that subscribe. Uh, we're going to put this podcast and all your other podcasts eventually up there. Uh, we've got playlists too for stuff like this component class and the Star Trek subpod. Uh, definitely go check those out. Yeah. Uh, and we're on the social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at We Were Gamers. Check us out. Thanks for being here. More beer. I'm going to go build a platypus out of cardboard. <laughs> <laughs>